What's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Pam. And today we are going to be talking about our favorite Kellyoke performances from the Kelly Clarkson show. Yeah, and we're going to be uh, talking a bit about Kellyoke itself and sort of where it came from and what it takes to get some of these songs on the air on the Kelly Clarkson show uh, as a Kellyoke song. It's actually a little bit more involved than you think. So she does a new cover on her talk show every day, and that is what she has decided to call it Kellyoke. Very appropriate. But the term did not originate with this talk show. So for any of the newer fans out there who didn't know this, it actually originated back in 2006 on the Addicted Tour. They did mm-hmm. a pre-show little thing. It was, I guess it was in like the parking lot of each show. Is that correct? Yeah, it was a contest sponsored by Vitamin Water where you could win meet and greet passes for that particular show. And they, they had this whole stage set up and people could sign up to do a Kellyoke song. And a lot of times uh, they would go up there and they would sing a Kelly song. And I got to see a couple of these. And actually, one of my friends, uh, Jackie, uh, won nice. the, uh, the Kellyoke. I think it was at Tinley Park in Chicago or just outside of Chicago. And, uh, you know, she got some vitamin water prizes. And then she also got two meet and greet passes for that night's show. And uh, it was, uh, you know, a, a neat thing to see all the fans do. But I think that... Uh, I, I definitely prefer and love uh, the versions that she ultimately ended up doing with the talk show. Yeah. And a fun fact, I guess I think one thing that has kept Kelly Oki alive, the 2006 version, was there's someone famous who has performed one, and that is Demi Lovato, I think, performed it at, I guess it was one of the, I guess it was the Dallas stop or wherever the Dallas area was on that tour. She sang The Trouble with Love Is. It's really uh-huh. good. She must be like 13 or 14, and it's on YouTube, but. It's it has a ton of views. Yeah. So thanks, Demi. I for, I always for, <laughs> yeah, I always forget that uh, that Demi Lovato did that. So today on the show, uh, in addition to giving our particular favorite Kellyoke songs, we also want to talk a bit about where kind of the the genesis of Kellyoke in the talk show came from, and also what it takes to actually get these songs uh, performed every day on the Kelly Clarkson show. And then at the end of the show, of course, we're going to, and we, I guess we're doing it now as well, we're going to give a call to action for you to give us and send us some of your favorite Kelly Oki performances, whether you agree with us in our respective top tens, or if you have your own set of 10, or you can send us 10, you can send us two, you can send us one. It doesn't matter. We, uh, we just want to know what some of your favorite Kelly Oki songs are. So Pam, did you know that already, and when we're recording this, we're not yet complete with the second season of The Kelly Clarkson Show. There has been already 300-plus Kelly Oki covers. That's, I believe it. Because that I mean, maybe I didn't think it was that many. I was thinking maybe like 200, 150, over mm-hmm. 300. I'm just trying to think if there's been any mainstream major artist that has done 
300 plus covers in their career. I mean, the only person I could think of is someone who literally made a career off of covers, and that's like Linda Ronstadt, Mm -hmm. but I don't even think she did that many. No, not even close. So probably not. Now, obviously, Kelly is not uh, doing the full versions of the song. She's not recording them for uh, release, and she's she's not uh, even, you know touring the songs. Uh, some of them we've heard on tour before, and I think a lot of fans get excited. To like A lot of the big fans get excited when they hear some of their tour favorites show up as Kelly Oki songs. So, and those come along once every great while. I mean, I, I'm pretty, and I feel pretty confident saying that they haven't repeated a Kelly Oki yet. Uh, not that I think that, you know, they would ever really need to at any point. Oh, you mean like a song that they did at the beginning of the show and like redo it? Yeah. Oh, I feel like they're not going to do that unless yeah, they do a completely different arrangement. Yeah, it would have to. Yeah, it would have to be something like that for them to do it or some sort of a major reason. Like if that particular artist were to pass away or something and she wanted to do it in tribute or something, I could see that happening. But yeah, otherwise, these have all been different covers every single episode uh, of nearly two full seasons. Now, Pam was saying that sort of the, the term Kellyoki was born out of the promotion with vitamin water at the Addicted Tour. But Kellyoki itself, the idea of Kelly covering songs really dates back to the beginning of her career. Now, obviously, it goes without saying that she covered songs on American Idol. And so she was very well versed in singing other people's songs. But actually, after Kelly won Idol, she went out on what is most commonly known as either the mini tour or the state fair tour. It was a tour that was primarily in the Midwest. Small towns, small venues, uh, small markets, nothing, you know, too extravagant. It was only a handful of dates. But in each of those shows, she would do a medley of like six or seven covers that she would kind of mash all together. And that was a, the brainchild of, of her and Jason Halbert, her musical director. And they, um, they realized shortly thereafter. And when I say they, I should say Jason realized shortly after that, that he started to get requests from fans for her to sing different songs, uh, on tour. And so he realizes, okay, this is, first of all, this may end up being a lot of work. And second of all, this could actually end up being something. And then from that point on, Kelly has some kind of cover in every tour. Do you remember uh, some of the first covers that you ever heard her do that you really liked outside of, I mean, you, you, I guess you didn't really watch American Idol, did you? I didn't watch it live. I watched. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like the one of the first covers I remember watching her do was probably 2005. Um, this is me at like, this was sort of a little pre-YouTube, so keep that up. YouTube really became a thing like a year or so later. But um, I'm going to say Shelter, the Ray LaMontagne one that she did for the Hurricane Katrina relief yeah. show. That's the very yeah. first one I can really remember. I'm sure I – like, I, I guess, like, you know, between Idol and then, like, I had probably seen some clips from Idol, you know, some performances, mm-hmm. but – Shelter is the very first one that stuck with me, which I guess you yeah. wouldn't really consider a karaoke, but like, yeah, it's the first cover she did that I remember distinctly watching and being like, holy crap, this is incredible. What about you? Well, I guess for you, it would have been Idol. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I remember seeing her, you know, covering all the various songs on Idol and just, I mean, I, 
I thought, God, at the, at the very least, she's going to be a killer like cover artist where, you know, you just sing, come out and see a really great performer sing other people's songs. Because, again, you know, when you're watching American Idol, you don't really know exactly how this is all going to end up. And I just thought, man, she would be a really great singer in somebody's like, you know, bar band. <laughs> but obviously uh, she was meant for for much bigger things than that. But I I think, you know, stuff like that there is the first one that that really, really resonated with me. And it was the first one that actually made me seek out the original version of the song for multiple reasons. I wanted to have I had the curiosity of what it sounded like. I wanted to know how true she stayed to it. And I just wanted to I wanted to know more about that song because I I loved her version so much. And then from there, I got just really, really excited every time she would do a cover song, especially, uh, you know, a cover song that I would really like. And, you know, we've talked in in past episodes about tours and, and the songs that she's covered on tour. And I should also preface this episode with, you know, we've talked Pam and I have talked about our favorite Kelly Oki songs interspersed throughout the, uh, the the podcast this having to go back and actually rank my favorite Kelly Oki songs it's going to be completely different than anything I've yeah. said before because because I think because I go back and I watch old ones that at least are the ones that are still available and I appreciate some of the newer ones that have been coming out and I learned a lot about the Kelly Oki's in researching this episode and I've, I've gained kind of a bit of a greater appreciation for them, not just for what Kelly does, but what for everybody behind the scenes does. And there's actually another unsung hero that I think that most people don't think about or know about when it comes to getting these Kelly Oki's uh, onto the air. And we'll we'll definitely talk about that as the episode goes on. Um, but so we've got fans that are now hitting up Jason on social media about, you know, what songs they want her to cover. And he has said from the beginning that the Kelly Oki kind of thing. And when I say Kelly Oki, I mean her covering other people's songs. So this is both on and off the talk show has always been kind of about fan service. They've always wanted to cater to the fans that want to hear her sing different genres because you've got an artist who is so incredibly versatile that can sing all these different genres of music. Why not test her out, so to speak, and have her do that? And so they decided to just start putting in covers into the tours. And for a while, they were doing kind of this a lot of the same covers. But then they started to do the fan request thing. And off the top of my head, I'm forgetting what tour that was was that that was an addicted was it no it started much later um they started the requests um at least via social media they started that in 2012 with the first leg of the stronger tour okay yeah it was much later but i mean she had she's done covers every tour prior yeah and then there were still people reaching out to jason and and tweeting directly at her about songs that they wanted them to cover and they did take a lot of those into account but like you said it wasn't until the stronger tour when it was made a focal part of the show. The people who were, were requesting the songs were being recognized on stage. So it's uh, it's something that's definitely part of her repertoire. So she's got this whole catalog of her own music to sing, and then she's got the whole of recorded music over here uh, that she can pull from, which is really great because, you know, 
it makes the concert experience when you go to her shows different every single time you go because you know that there's going to be at least one brand new song. Now, when an artist of, of anybody, any, this isn't just Kelly, this is any artist. When an artist covers somebody in concert, there really isn't a lot that they have to do. They can just cover whomever they want. They just have to make sure they learn the song. And that's that. It is an entirely different thing for Kelly and the band to perform a cover on the Kelly Clarkson show because I can imagine they have to get so much clearance. Yeah, it has to go out on TV. Exactly. <laughs> so like Pam says, you you have to clear these songs and it's kind of like what they have to do with American Idol and The Voice. Those contestants aren't just picking out some of their favorite songs. They have a pre-approved list of songs that they can pull from, or if they want to do a specific song, they have to get it cleared, uh, also known as licensing. And yep. to do that, the artist who I believe wrote the song has to be mm-hmm. paid. Yep. So there is a budget on the Kelly Clarkson show purely for music licensing so that she can cover the songs that she covers. Now, uh, I don't know if this is a fact, and uh, Jeremy, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the reason why that often the talk show either won't post certain songs on certain platforms. Like usually you don't see them on Instagram uh-huh. and they're usually only up on YouTube for a couple months. It might be part of the agreement Yes, that they're only up for a certain amount of time. Yes, that is correct. Okay. That's, it's, it's sort of all just part of the, the small print details in these licensing agreements uh, that they can only be, available for online streaming for so long. Uh, and that also includes, you know, and they, and they put in a clause about reruns and all that sort of thing. And, you know, there's all these different considerations for how people can access the Kelly Clarkson show. They take all of those into account. It's the same reason why if you DVR a show, uh, in some cases, when, especially if it's like a streaming service DVR where it's only available for so long, like for me, I have uh, YouTube TV and that's how I get all my shows. I have hundreds of episodes of the talk show recorded, but I think going back to, I think back to summer of 2020, they're starting to delete because they only let you keep them for so long. And a lot of that has to do with Many considerations, but the licensing for the songs that they're sung during karaoke is another one of the considerations. Uh, so, again, there's a lot of legalese mumbo jumbo that they have to deal with when they're getting these songs cleared. And Jason has said in interviews, as well as Alex Duda, the executive producer of The Kelly Clarkson Show, they've mentioned that when the show first started out, they didn't have 100% luck getting songs licensed for her to do karaoke just because Kelly's in while she's a name and people know who she is the talk show itself and the segment itself was an unknown entity exactly and yeah so people so, didn't know what it was and they weren't necessarily ready to go out and and put their songs out there for that this sounds very familiar to when american idol started a lot of people were like uh whatever and then as the as everything grows in popularity yep they start to accept it more and jump on the bandwagon exactly and then you start having artists clamoring to have their songs covered on some of these shows and and jason had said that in the first season they had about a 60% clearance rate for the songs that they went after, which is pretty low, actually. It's really low. So that means that out of every 10 songs that they submitted to labels to have Kelly cover during the show, only six of them were approved. And that 
changed once she got to season two. So season two comes along. Kelly at this point is an Emmy award winner for the first season. The, the talk show is wildly successful. It's got, you know, numbers, ratings numbers up in the top tier of daytime talk shows. And that 60% bumps up to 90% for season two. So, Good for them. Yes. So now, <laughs> and I think it's that artists are taking notice because you, I mean, we've all seen it a hundred times when Kelly puts out a Kelly Oki or the show, I should say a lot of times the artist who is covered will respond on social media and more often than not gives props to her or mm-hmm. just shares it with their audience. And it's a great um, exposure tool for a lot of artists who maybe are a little dormant right now or maybe don't have a lot of things going on or maybe they are a catalog artist that's a little bit older. And it's really cool to see a current artist who is showcasing their music. And so they've realized that the Kelly Oki segment is highly rated. It is done extremely well, and it can be very positive for the bands that are featured, especially yeah. again, if they're older bands. So Pam, like, I know you work with uh, some both newer, like smaller bands, and then you also work with catalog bands. I mean, can you yeah. imagine the, <laughs> the joy from any of your artists? If the joy one for of their me. Songs, well, yeah. And you as well, but like, and, I'm and, sitting and, here being like, Kelly, please cover one of my artists, please, please, please. <laughs> there one of, I mean, and, and we don't talk necessarily a lot about, you know, what we do in our private lives, but I do have a strong desire for Kelly to cover one of Pam's artists songs. Do we uh, spam them on Twitter? No, I'm kidding. We're not I mean, doing we should, that. We should, we should hit up Jason every once in a while and just toss the yeah. idea out there. Um, it would be really cool. I mean, yeah, it would be for any of them because like none of my clients are absolutely massive. I mean, mm-hmm. some of them are more legacy than others, but it would be, um, yeah, I, it would be an unreal, unreal exposure, you know, and yeah, it really does bring in, um, you know, n- not including like the cr- popular like top 40 songs because she does, you know, Post Malone and Halsey and Billie Eilish. But sure. yeah, when she does like when she pulls out of thin air, like the random songs and random artists you have or the one hit wonders. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Like, I'm sure for those artists, they're on cloud nine. Yeah. That they're getting some like they're be- I don't want to say they're they're relevant again, but they're on people's radar again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. I'm I'm like sitting here being like, can I manifest this somehow? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that would be great. So part of the 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 beauty of the Kelly Clarkson show is that the songs that are requested are being requested by people. Uh, they're not just, you know, a think tank of producers and Jason and the band getting together in a room saying, OK, let's do these songs. It's not necessarily even Kelly picking out the songs, although occasionally I'm sure she has a hand in what song uh, gets picked on a show. And she does have final say as to whether or not a song gets performed. But it's still the fans who are the ones who are requesting the songs. And in fact, the show tries to make sure that the person who requested the Kelly Oki song for that day is either in the audience in the case of the first season early on or in the case currently while they've got the Zoom audiences that they are in the Zoom audience and get to see the song performed on the show. Which I think is really great because, I mean, obviously, if you are the person who requests the song, you want to, you know, see the fruition of your requests. And so um, 
Jason mentions that they actually try to pick from a very wide range of songs. Uh, he said that they try to look at 70s and 80s, like a lot of Motown. They try to pick one of those songs occasionally. Jason says that his sort of wheelhouse is 80s music. That's what he grew up in. Kelly was born a little bit later, so she's kind of got a wheelhouse of 90s music. And then, of course, they also try to do more contemporary stuff. And you can see if you if you go through and you write down all of the songs that are done on the show, you will see a very nice variance of genres and ages of songs. I mean, she's pulled out a ton of 80s songs. And a lot of the times, Kelly doesn't even know the song. She's not familiar with it. I know there was a uh, there was a Phil Collins song. I think it was I Wish It Would Rain that she did as a Kelly Oki. She didn't even know that song, but Jason really liked the song. And he actually was in luck because a fan requested it. And so he was able to kind of bump it up to the top of the list and she ultimately ended up performing it. I do know that like a couple of instances, this has not happened to me, but I do know a couple of instances and I don't know if it's like people when they go for the virtual audience and they write on one iota, like some little story there, you know, some, you can write like notes, you can pretty much write anything. I have had instances where people have told me that they've been approached by producers and have been asked like, hey, do you find that this song applies to your life, your situation, your story, et cetera, and you want to request it, so Mm -hmm. to speak? Um, I don't think it happens all the time, but I have heard of that happening occasionally. But that's still cool because like people, if they're already confirmed for the audience and they have a story that might really gravitate to that show's performance it's kind of cool yeah and it still makes them part of the show i mean look at the end of the day it's show business and you know they're trying to make the show uh look a certain kind of way and so for them to put a plant in from now and again absolutely i mean that happens all the time yeah that happens i mean just to give you a little look behind the curtain in radio that happens in radio too Every time you're listening to a radio show and you hear callers on the air, uh, there is a good chance that once in a while, some of those calls are staged. You know, they may be uh, people who have been sort of set up to talk about certain things beforehand. Or in some cases, I know radio stations hire actors to actually act out certain um, sketches. Uh, if I if I may be so bold, and this is a complete non sequitur to what we're talking about. If uh, if you've ever heard like if you're in a big market and you've heard like Elvis Duran or Ryan Seacrest do a segment called War of the Roses uh, or there's Mm -hmm. some sort of roses thing where I think it's uh, the boyfriend or girlfriend orders flowers for their significant other and they put it under a different name or something or there's something to do with ordering flowers and they get the people's reactions almost always those are set up those are recorded those are actors those segments are not real. Good to know. Yeah. And and it's not like people necessarily care, but it's more just making good radio. And so if the story is interesting, then they will go with it and it makes for good radio. Just like if a person, even if they've been set up to request a particular song, it just makes for good TV because half the time, like you said, they're going to ask people if a particular song matches their story and the producers are just going to say, well, would you mind requesting this song and and talk about how this song relates to whatever your story is? It makes for good TV. Yeah, absolutely. And I going back to what you said earlier, I, I was actually when I was going over this last night and like rewatching some songs, like because again, they are all over the place in a good way, mm-hmm. like genre wise. 
I was wondering if there were any of them that she didn't know. And that's interesting about the Phil Collins song. Yeah. And there's, um, and there's a lot that she doesn't know. And in fact, uh, the, there's a story about when they went to the White House, uh, not too long ago, uh, they covered the Youngblood song, Get Together. Kelly did not know that song and she did not sleep at all. Wait, seriously? Yeah. She didn't know the song. And so she did not sleep at all on the plane to Washington, D.C. because she was up learning the song. On the airplane. How do I know that song and she doesn't? That's really shocking. I know, I know. So, uh, <laughs> so just a little bit of an insight that she's not going into these things. In fact, a lot of times, uh, Kelly doesn't even hear the arrangement of the song until she's literally sitting in the makeup chair that day for the performance. And we'll, we'll get to sort of the, the nitty gritty in a moment here about how the songs are, are put together. Um, Jason had also said in an interview that one of the hardest parts about making the Kellyoki songs is that they have to shave these songs that are anywhere from three and a half to five minutes long down to 90 seconds. And I've actually noticed lately that they're starting to take a little more liberties with the songs and they're making them a little bit longer because before it was like a hard 90 seconds and then we're done. Then we've had a couple of songs that have reached out into the two minute range and, and some of them are getting a little longer. So I think they're sort of stretching that out just a little bit, but even still they've got to cut these songs down a lot. And Jason has said, you know, I kind of feel bad because I'm, I'm sort of splicing up somebody's art in order to make it fit in a small window on a TV show. And so he says that that's always the hardest part, but once they get the song down to the length that they need, this is the fascinating part about how this all comes together is because uh, the band gets together and they're the ones who sort of put the arrangement together. At this point, Kelly is not even involved. And I had mentioned at the top of the show that there is an unsung hero in the daily creation of the Kellyoki, And that person is Jesse. Now, if you don't know who Jesse Collins is, Jesse is the primary background vocalist on the Kelly Clarkson show, but she's also sort of the vocal director of the show. And I didn't know that. Yeah, she is. And she actually is the one who s- sits in for Kelly when they are rehearsing the songs. Uh, Jesse is very well aware of Kelly's vocal range and what she can and can't do, as is Jason, obviously. And they decide whether they think that uh, a certain key is going to be the right thing for Kelly, uh, whether a certain flourish that she might consider doing would happen in a song. they I mean, they go down so far as to predict whether she's going to want to do something fun with a song or if she's going to want to stay more true to the original song. Like an Aretha Franklin song, Jason knows Kelly well enough that she is going to want to make Aretha proud and she's not going to want to mess with that version at all. So if Kelly does an Aretha song, you better believe it is going to be to the letter of how Aretha originally sang it versus uh, her going on and doing a sort of modified version of a song. The band and Jesse and Jason are the ones who sort of determine how that's going to happen. And there was a, a couple of cases where they've actually come up with multiple versions of songs. They've come up with a more straightforward version, and then they come up with an alternate version. The first time, as I said before, that Kelly hears the arrangement of the song is she's literally sitting in the makeup chair and they play two versions of the song for her. They will play a version where Jesse has the lead vocals and she mimics the way she believes Kelly is going to sing the song. And then 
they record another version with Jesse doing her background vocal only. So Kelly can imagine where she would fit into the song and where Jesse would be. And then where obviously where the band is. And then they come out. And at that point, Kelly has the first sort of right of refusal. If she likes where they're going, great. If not, they have to kind of regroup and, and figure something else out pretty quickly. And then they go in and they rehearse no more than two times before they go in front of cameras and record the song. And that's probably why if you've ever seen, I don't know about in person, likely in person, but definitely virtual, she'll do a performance multiple times. I think when I sat in, she did it. She, my performance, like my show was, she did Crying by Aerosmith, Mm -hmm. which she has sung before, as we know, but it had been a couple years. But she she did it, I think, two or three times during my, my episode because she just, they didn't get it exactly right. Yeah. It was great for yeah. me. I was like, cool, let's just, you know, sit back and watch yeah. Kelly sing this three times. That's great. Yeah. In my episode, she did Complicated by Demi Lovato and Confident. I know she, you, you you did that confident. last time. <laughs> Dang it. I I don't I don't have any of Demi's records, so I don't know all of her You're songs. You're getting Avril and Con- Demi. I know. I and, the, and I told myself at the beginning of the show, I'm like, if you're going to mention the, the, the Demi song, <laughs> say conf, uh, confident, confident. <sighs> Either way, uh, she redid uh, our song. She restarted it one time um, and then she made it all the way through. But suffice it to say that these covers do take a lot of work behind the scenes and I really think that that Jesse is the unsung hero of those karaoke songs every day because she really I mean, you can look at her and you kind of see her off in the in the background or, you know, sometimes she has a little more of a supporting a stronger supporting role. Uh, think about the the Halloween episode where, you know, she was dressed up uh, like one of the sisters from Hocus Pocus. Uh, you know, she had a more like kind of stronger role in the song. Otherwise, she just kind of looks like she's just back there adding support. She occasionally gets some camera time. Jesse is a huge part of how these songs come together every day. And Kelly, I think, really relies on her to give a roadmap of where this song is going. Now, again, Kelly has the final say on everything. So, you know, Jesse might perform a song a certain way. And Kelly's like, eh, not really feeling that. I think I'm going to go this route. The band, you know, makes their uh, alterations and they go off with it. And it's almost always a, a fantastic uh, rendition of whomever's songs uh, that they have. Uh, so, yeah. So that's sort of the genesis of how the Kellyoki songs come to be. And obviously they've been wildly successful. We mentioned earlier that there has been over 300 of them. And so Pam and I sort of did some homework and came up with our current top 10 list of Kellyoki songs. And I have to preface my list with that, this is as of April 2021. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, we, we were both, we were saying beforehand that uh, off air that we have a lot of honorable mentions. I'm almost tempted that we don't say them in case we want to do a part two. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to come up with more because I, I know for a fact that you've come up with more than I have. <laughs> Always. Because I, um, I, I, mean, probably I probably only pulled like five. I also wanted to preface for my list. Um, I purposely did not choose songs that she had previously done elsewhere. So, for example, Up to the Mountain would have been in my top five for sure. Mm -hmm. But I didn't include that because she had done it before on Idol. So, um, 
I just wanted to preface with that because I had about seven or eight songs that would have been my top 10 <laughs> that she did. Because <laughs> I just love some, there's some covers that she's done in the past that are just are stellar and she yeah. continues to do them so well. So I had to take them out. And I know so. we talked in our covers episode about, about a lot of these uh, Kelly Oki covers. Yeah. And I know that it's going to sound like a contradiction if you go back and listen to our covers episode and, and any of the Kelly Oki songs that we mentioned. There's a chance that I'm not going to mention some of the ones that I mentioned in there as some of my favorite covers. And that's just because there are so many of these that are coming at us so fast and furious. And then there's a lot of times when I go back and there'll be nights when I'm just kind of bored and I'm sitting on the couch and there's nothing good on TV. I just start thumbing through old Kelly Oki videos and I find new appreciation and new love for older songs. And so my list is always changing. So if you ever think, oh, well, you didn't mention this song that you said it was like your favorite of all time on your covers episode and you didn't even mention it in this. It's like, well, yeah, because songs fall in and out of favor. It's yeah. kind of the whole that's sort of the beauty of music and, and how subjective it is, is that you are going to change your mind all the time because that's just what people do about music. Exactly. Um, I also my list is I feel like my list is extremely predictable, but. We'll see. You think so? Uh, for, for me, it is. But I think you and I are going to have very different lists, and I'm, I'm excited about this. Well, I'm excited to hear, uh, ultimately, what you end up putting on your list. So do you want to – I mean, do we want to just start going like each of our number 10s and sure. go from there? Okay. Sure. Cool. Do you, do you want to start? I can start. All right. Go for it. Uh, my number 10 favorite Kelly Oki uh, as of April 2021. <laughs> I feel like I want to – I don't want to say of all time because I know, again, that this is going to change. Uh, my number 10 is a song that we actually have mentioned in this episode already, and that was her cover of the Youngbloods Get Together that she performed at the White House. I thought that just the the atmosphere and the message of the song were absolutely spot on perfect uh, for the show. And I remember when we were talking about the fact that she was going to do a show at the White House leading up to it. And I said, wouldn't it be great if she did the Kelly Oki song in the East Room of the White House? And that is exactly what ended up happening. And it was just a really, really cool moment for the show and could not have been a better song. And I thought she nailed it. She did so well. I love that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, my number 10 is completely different. Um, I chose Mr. Brightside by the Killers. Um, nice choice. Thanks. So, I mean, I don't know. I am a child of the 90s, 2000s. So, um, I feel like when I really started to really appreciate music and really pay attention to charts and what was coming out every week was around 2004-ish, give or take. And that's when Mr. Brightside came out. So... 2004 will always just have like a very special place in my heart with just what was out at the time. And, mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, it's, everyone loves this song. It's so much fun. Um, she does sing it in, in a different key, obviously than the original. And I think that's also what makes it really special. It's that it's not like a, a carbon copy, obviously, you know, a, a dude sings the original, so it's likely going to be different, but I think yeah. she puts a, a cool new spin on it. Um, and yeah, my my friends and I every year we do something called emo karaoke, um, and <laughs> we always sing this. So it always it just kind of brought like a nice memory back to me. So that's my number ten. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, my number nine is her cover of Screamin' Jay Hawkins. I put a spell on this you. This is on my list uh, as well, but later. Is it later? Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, the song that they did for the Halloween episode in the first season of the show. 
and they uh, they all dressed up like the sisters from Hocus Pocus. And I just thought it was such a, a fun song to sing in that sort of outfit and just a perfect uh, moment for the Halloween episode. And I think it got us all excited that, you know, the Halloween episodes uh, that Kelly is doing for the talk show are going to be event episodes. I mean, that sort of set the tone for the whole talk show going forward that the Halloween episode is going to be a must see. I'm going to hold all my comments for when it comes up on my list, <laughs> but <Okay>. agree. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but it, That's fine. I totally agree there. Um, yeah. my, my number nine is one that I completely forgot she did up until last night. It was one of the songs I probably watched once or twice when it came out. It was, I think, early in the talk show. Um, and then I rewatched it multiple times last night because I was like, why did I forget about this? This is so good. Um, mm-hmm. I, it is um, If I Can Turn Back Time by Cher. Excellent it's, choice. You know, I've also just been watching a lot of Will and Grace lately. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with that show, Cher does make multiple appearances throughout the the series, including singing the song. But that's not mm-hmm. why I chose it. Um, it's just it's on my mind. But let's not forget Jack's impression of Cher. Too. Okay, I was like, I don't know if Jeremy's going to understand what I'm, I'm even talking about. Oh no, I no, I, I watched Will and Grace when it was on original. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Um, so yeah, it's just you know she has like a rasp, and I, I I'm really curious if it was just like a tired rasp, but like she sounds like a rocker towards the end of the song. It is like it is like rock Kelly, and she has this like sultry to her where she's just kind of bopping and some swagger, and she just looks like she's having so much fun. Not that she doesn't in other performances, but like this song in particular, she's having a great day. And she sounds yeah. good. She looks good. And it's just, it's just a performance that makes me so happy. And I can't see every time I've watched it because again, I kind of forgot it existed until like last night, but I just, I'm thinking about it in my head now and I'm smiling. Cause it's just like, get it girl, get it. <laughs> uh, my number eight song is the first Kelly Oki song. And it was the first to become like a viral sensation when the show first kicked off. Uh, you got to love her cover of Dolly Parton's nine to five. The fact that they, you know, did a whole sketch around it and this whole produced open as she was, you know, first approaching the studio for the show. It was just a perfect way to kick off the run of her talk show. And just, I mean, again, you can't go wrong with a Dolly Parton cover. I still smile every time I see it. I still have a, I have a version of it record. Like I downloaded a version of it on my, on my computer. Like I pirated a YouTube video or whatever. Uh, but I still watch it from time to time because it just puts a smile on my face and uh, I love it. So it's my number eight. It's funny because I don't know, you know, that was the first episode, obviously. And I don't know. Did, did, did we know at that point that she was going to be doing a new cover every day? I think we did know that okay. she was. Um, this was still really special though. We obviously didn't know. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we knew just to the extent of what it was going to become and what it what it was. We just thought maybe oh she's going to do a little singing and whatever. But then I think that really sort of set the bar as to what the Kelly Oki yeah. segment was going to be. I thought maybe it was going to be a produced thing like that every day, which I'd be like, wow, when are they going to have time to do all this? But uh, obviously the the way that they're doing now is is just fine. Uh, it was just a really really great way to kick off the first episode. I feel like if they had done like a full on produced thing for every song. It would, I feel like that would get kind of old quickly. You know what I mean? I feel like the, the nine to five, what they did for that was so special. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, I agree. Really good. Um, my number eight is it is uh, Aerosmith's "Dream On." Um, I was very torn between doing this versus crying, especially because crying was the episode I saw. But I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick to my guns. She has done this before. It's not going to be on my list. But Dream On was a really awesome performance because, you know, her vocals are pretty, I don't want to say mellow, but, you know, they don't really do too much for most of the song. And at the, at the end, mm-hmm. the screaming part, she wails yeah. it and she does not miss a note there. And she yeah. kills it. And the lighting... Whoever is the, the the lighting director on that show deserves, like, an Emmy. An Emmy? <laughs> Seriously. Like, just the lights with, like, the instruments. Like, everything was just timed. And it was just, it was just timed so perfectly. And mm. my mind was a little blown. Um, and she sounds just as good as Steven Tyler. I'm going to say it. That is something that I'm glad you mentioned the lighting because that is something that has definitely come a long way from the beginning of the show. And, and granted, when when Kelly first started in the first season, you know, and there was a live audience in the studio, she would pop out of random doors in the studio and then she would walk down the stairs and walk amongst the crowd. And and that was a great aspect of it all. And it was it was a, a really fun part of the show. But, you know, once they got back into the studio post pandemic shutdown and they started to do it, you know, solo on a stage, they really had to kind of up their game a little bit. And the lighting has only gotten better and better and better as the the days have gone on. So it's nice to see that the lighting people are working a lot with the band and really trying to come up with something. And again, those lighting things are not the easiest things to put together. And you know that they're also doing those very last minute. So they have a an excellent lighting crew on that show that are able to put some of those uh, those different arrangements together as quickly as they do. Exactly. And by the way, Dream On was on my honorable mention list, so nice. I completely agree with that nice. one. All right, number seven uh, might be a, a fringe pick for some people. Some may not even know the band, let alone the song. Uh, my pick is for Week by SWV. Uh, it was a song that she did uh, earlier this season. SWV, uh, also known as Sisters with Voices, it was a really popular uh, R&B female trio from the 90s. Uh, they had a couple of uh, big hit songs, but Week is is easily their biggest song. And again, for Kelly to take a song that was sung by a trio of women and turn it into a solo song just sounded so good. And again, Jesse on background vocals was excellent. And it's just, I think I liked this song so much just because I liked the song, the original, so very much. And, and one of my favorite genres of music is 90s R&B. And so for her to sing this song, I mean, I was all about it. And it's it's a complete jam. And if you if you haven't gone back and, and listened to it, first of all, I recommend going and checking out the original song because it's excellent. Uh, but also go back and rewatch Kelly's version because it's just so I good. don't think I've heard the original, so I need to definitely get on that. Yeah. Um it's I mean, it is classic nineties female R and B. It's just so good. Nice. I'll check that out. My number seven is I Put a Spell on You, mm-hmm. um, as Jeremy previously mentioned. Um, I don't have a ton to add because he kind of nailed everything, but it's – she just – I mean, I know it's for the whole Halloween theme, but she truly sounds very haunting. Yeah. And, like, her vocals are a little gritty and um, raspy, and it just it, – it works, the whole aesthetic. I mean, this is going to sound like 
I'm going to cause a lot of controversy right now, and I apologize, but I have never seen Hocus Pocus. <laughs> and I know people are going to be like, what? I'm sorry, I gotta, but like- I got to admit, Pam, I didn't watch it until this, this past Halloween. Thank you. I'm just, I'm not a movie person. I'm very much a TV person. I had just heard that it, uh, from some people early on when it first came out, I heard it wasn't very good. And, and, and technically, Hocus Pocus flopped at the box office. It was a mm-hmm. big disappointment, so I had no desire to see it. And then- this groundswell of people over the last few years are just like, oh my gosh, you have to watch Hocus Pocus. It's so good. I was like, all right, finally I'll do it. And it's it, like, was, it was a cute movie. I mean, I don't yeah. feel like I was missing all that much, but it's a cute movie. I liked it. Maybe I would appreciate it more like if I was really young and watching it. I think it came out like the year I was born or something. Uh-huh. Like it's, I don't know. I, I just, I never got on that bandwagon, but anyway. Yeah. Um, but I loved the whole costume stuff that they did. Like I recognized the actual characters. So like I love, they just did the whole shtick. And I think you're right. It really set the bar for what they're going to be doing for like major holidays, like for Halloween, for Christmas, they go all out. Yeah. And I just think it was a such a, I mean, the song's from what, the fifties, the original, I think it's yeah, from the fifties. Yeah. It's, it's an older song. So it's I love the how oldest, they brought that back. Yeah, yeah. One of the oldest songs she's done. Um, so I just, I don't know. I don't really have anything else to add. It was just great performance. And I look forward to Halloween every year, specifically for Kelly Oki. For sure. My number six is my one and only sort of duet on my entire list. And that said, there's not a ton of duets uh, in the Kelly Oki segment. But this one is her version of Garth Brooks's Ain't Going Down Till the Sun Comes Up. Uh, and Garth uh, was on the show. and She did a whole hour with him. And he jumped in and sang the song with her. And this is a highly underrated Garth Brooks song, even though it is one of his big hits. It still doesn't get the kind of love that like the dance and thunder rolls and friends in low places gets. Uh, it's still just, it's so much fun in concert when he sings it. And I just thought that she did a great job. The direction of the show when they sang it together was really, really good. And they just, they just sound good together. Uh, so this was a lot of fun. And I just remember rewatching this over and over again because I just, I loved the two of them together. You have a very eclectic list. <laughs> and my next six are so not eclectic that <laughs> I just hope someone finds this amusing. But okay. I just kind of noticed that. I was like, my first few were a little all over the place, and now it's just straight up predictable. Yeah. Um, okay, so my next one, my number six is What's Up by Four Knob Blondes. Nice. And I mean, it's a great song, and she does a lot of the vocal techniques that it's Linda Perry, right? She's yes. lead- Linda, okay. yeah, Linda Perry was the lead, lead singer, singer of Four Non Blondes. Blondes. Okay, that's what yeah. I thought. Um, she does a lot of the vocal techniques that Linda does in the actual mm-hmm. song, which I was like, that's a good nod to her. I mean, it wasn't like she was completely copying the exact structure of the song, but like she did a little like ode to her there because like that uh-huh. song is known for its like yodeling kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very happy about that. And <laughs> have you ever seen the <laughs> the He-Man version of this on YouTube? Like the viral yes. video? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So anyone listening, if you are prepared I'm to- awesome. <laughs> I can't even I can't even hit that note. I'm not gonna try, but yes. <laughs> if you're prepared to have the song ruined for you, then go on YouTube, search He-Man, what's up? 10 hours. Obviously, you don't need to watch the 10-hour video, but just watch the first two minutes. But there is a 10-hour video out there, but um, oh I can't hear the song without thinking of He-Man. 
but and I, I think I'm just gonna ruin that for a lot of people. But it's totally worth it. But anyway, it's oh, still yeah, a great song. She nailed the performance, and I hope she knows that the He-Man version exists. I doubt it, but I really hope she does. I love that so it's much. It's so good. All right, number five for me, man. I'm I'm actually kind of proud of myself now that you said that mine is so diverse. Um, it is. Mine's not. You're gonna see. It's really not diverse. I, I think that this is a good candidate for a song that might be on your list this might be the this might be the best candidate well no there's one other song i think is definitely on your list but it's pretty high up on mine uh number five for me is her cover of brandy carlisle's the story that was my i almost did but i was like technically she's covered it before in one of the pre-shows so yeah she yeah she has it was on my list yeah she has done it outside of the show i cut it i cut it out though but that was definitely on my honorable mentions I mean, you know me well. Yeah, come on. I mean, Brandy Carlisle's song is just, oh God, it is so good. And it's just, it is one of the most heart wrenching songs. If you've, if you've not heard it, man, are you missing out? You need to go look up Brandy Carlisle's The Story. Uh, but Kelly does the song Incredible Justice. Um, I mean, there's not a lot else I can say about it. I mean, she just nails this song. And I think that, um, she did Brandy very proud with it. Um, and, for God's sakes, just put her in the high women already. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my gosh. That would be incredible. Yes. Uh, I would love it. Collab with that. Absolutely. Good. Great choice. Again, yeah. That was like on my, that's like my top, that was going to be like my top 15. Mm-hmm. You know, if I had to do mm-hmm. that. So good. My number five is the most predictable song that people would have probably figured out. One of two. It, it, one of the Foo Fighters songs. So I totally yep. chose the one that she did not do yet, which was Times Like These. She did it recently. Um, it's just, you know, be still my 90s. Or actually, Times Like These came out in the early 2000s. So yeah. never mind. I was like, that was like probably like 2002 ish. But um, great song. She, again, like, similar to Mr. Brightside, she really changed the key on it to make it very similar to the original, but. Not trying to copy Dave Grohl or mm-hmm. Brent, Brendan Flowers' like exact tone. So I appreciate that. Um, you know, Foo Fighters have a new album out. She did it at the right time, even though mm-hmm. I mean it's an older song, but she, you know, is getting on that Foo Fighters buzz. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but and the message of the song at the time is just, I mean, it's it times fits. like these you learn to love again. It's good. Exactly. You know? I mean, it, it fit the time so well. Yeah. So, um, Kelly, Jason, anyone, um, I've been requesting Everlong since 2015. If you're listening, <laughs> I would appreciate a cover one day and I will pay you. Just kidding. Okay, next. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a feeling that one was going to be on your list. So that kept <laughs> times like these on my uh, honorable mention. Okay, list. But you're yes, smart. Uh, I, I had a feeling that that was going to come up from you. <laughs> uh, my number four is another complete left turn from everything else that we've done, but I thought that her performance of this song was so sweet and so wonderful. And the fact that they added a little bit of background choreography to this song uh, behind the band was just the topper of it all. And that is her version of Won't You Be My Neighbor, the theme song to Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I forgot about that. They did. They did this song uh, at the opening of sort of a, a whole show that they dedicated to Mr. Rogers and the and the movie that Tom Hanks was in. And I think that was the episode where they interviewed Tom Hanks about the movie. Um, and it was just 
I mean, you want to talk about a song that resonates with me from my childhood. I mean, she could have done that, rolled right into, you know, the Sesame Street theme and then topped it off with like there's a song. I think it's I don't know if it's from Sesame Street or the Electric Company or one of these like old kids shows where there's it's a, a pinball like animation and all it is is just counting up to 12 and it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, <laughs> eleven, twelve. Like if she had busted into that right after, my little childhood heart would have just exploded. <laughs> uh, but the fact that she does, won't you be my neighbor? Uh, I mean, what a beautiful and sweet rendition of that song that she did. Uh, it, I mean, it was, it was almost emotional for me because it was just so like hearkening back to my childhood and I loved the arrangement that they did and they had sort of the the people in silhouette in in the background wonderfully done and uh definitely worthy of being on my top 10. That's a good one. I forgot all about that. I need to go back and watch it. That's the beauty yeah. of doing these discussions is that we bring stuff up that we may or may not have thought of in a while, so Exactly. Yeah. Um, My number four is Bittersweet Symphony by by The Verve. And it is one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, But what I loved most about this is that she, this was early, fairly, you know, this was season one pre pandemic. So she still had a studio audience. She did it like the performance, like while in the middle of the audience, not like walking around back and forth like she usually did. Like she was in the crowd. They had like, they had mm-hmm. a couple of string players in the crowd as well, playing like the violin there, which I thought was just added like a, such a cool element to it. And she really brought the emotion to that song, the lyrics. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know, it just got me right in my feels. It's, it's a gorgeous song, the original. There was a lot of controversy with it when it came out because they didn't the band or I don't know if it was the band or the producers, they didn't get the full rights to use the song, the instrumentals. Eventually mm-hmm. it got cleared like years later, but the band ultimately made like no money on that song. None. It was <laughs> their, their only biggest hit. It's their biggest hit. It was in cruel intentions. Like mm-hmm. it's a massive hit. They barely made any money. But that aside, it's a gorgeous song. You should check out the original if you're not aware of it. But I adore this version and it it had been on my list for her to cover for a while and i'm glad it finally happened yeah Uh, my number three is her version of tennessee whiskey by chris stapleton uh this one is going to be forever one of my favorites you know i'm i like all genres of music i would say though if there was a genre that i have the most complicated history with and and most trouble you know really latching onto it's country music and i mean i i like i'm not a big fan of like the bro country that's out nowadays no um i'm more of a kind of 90s early 2000s country i can even go back to like some classic country um but chris stapleton is kind of one of those different artists who is really bringing back a different kind of country music and he's he's not just singing about beers and trucks and dogs and whatnot. So it's, there's some real artistry and real musicianship behind his music. And I've, I've seen him in concert a couple of times and it's a transcendent experience every single time. Cause he's just an incredible guitar player and an incredible singer and songwriter. And this is such a beautiful song and I adore her version. I th- I'm pretty sure I brought this up on our covers episode, yeah. but I mean, it's just, Oh, 
just kills me how good it. It's almost not fair how good this is. I would adore a duet with them. Oof. Yes. Like I love even like the the duet that he did with Justin Timberlake, where mm-hmm. it's obviously like very different. Like I love that version. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. He's great. I love him. Yeah. My number three is very predictable. I feel like I might have mentioned this on the podcast at some point, but I'm not positive. It is Criminal by Fiona Apple. Nice. And it's another one of the songs I just wanted to, I wanted her to cover for a while. And she kills it vocally. Jeremy and I have always, <laughs> have always joked about this music video being the, uh, the R rated version of the Miss Independent video. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just, I can never unsee it. Um, it's just, it's a, it's kind of a sexy, dark song. And, I don't know. I don't I don't know if I have a lot of comments on it. It's just I love this style of vocal that she does. It's a little it's a little raw, but it's a little soulful and slow yeah. as, at the same time. I, I don't know how to explain it. Um Fiona Apple is such a slept on artist. I mean, a lot of people think of her just her early stuff, but a lot of her later career stuff has been so good. I mean, the girl just won like, I think two or three Grammys mm-hmm. at the Grammy Awards yeah. for her latest album that like nobody noticed, but it's an excellent record. And so if you, if you really love music, like dive into Fiona Apple's catalog and especially her later catalog, because there is some gems in there that just have been overlooked by the fact that they didn't get on the radio there is no video exposure you know fiona is kind of a a recluse as it is so she doesn't you know go i'll out. be honest i don't know i don't really know much of the newer stuff so um, yeah. i will be honest i only really know some of the older catalogs so i'm guilty of this i definitely need to search more of that yeah but i mean there's she's great yeah there's there's so much good material from her and it's just unfortunate that you know she doesn't really have an outlet. I mean, alternative radio is pretty much where she's going to live. And but nowadays, alternative radio is basically it's a little it it's not what it used to be. Yo, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, she just she's in that kind of weird space. Plus, she you know she doesn't put out a record like for five or six years. And when she does, I mean, it's it's really really good. So uh, I was I was with you. You know that song was in my uh, my honorable mentions, and I was just so happy to hear her cover that because it had had been a long time coming for, for that song. All right. My number two, this is one that Pam, I was almost certain, uh, and maybe you are still to, to talk about this one. Uh, my number two is her, you know what? Actually, now that I think about it, I know you won't have this on your list because it's a song she's covered on tour before. And that was part of your criteria. So I know I'm going to, I'm going to have this one to myself. I think I know what you're going to say. Uh, this is her cover of Mark Broussard's home. Yep. Yep. (laughs) This would have been number one, but I had to stick to my guns. Yeah. I know you love this song. I love this song too. And I will say this is maybe one occasion where the tour cover is better than the Kellyoki cover just because the tour cover is so raw. And I know that there's a bootleg going around that most people, uh, if you do have a copy of Kelly singing home, it's this version, but damn, is it good? It is just the, the emotion and the like angst that she puts into that cover on tour is so good. And it did translate a bit to the talk show. Uh, it was still a really, really good, uh, cover. It's still an incredible song. So, I mean, you know, she could 
do it acoustic and it would probably, you know, slay. But still, just I get, you know, the hair on the back of my neck stands up every time she performs this song. And I was so excited that she brought it to Kelly Oki. So, yeah, my number two. You know, it's funny. Like I was rewatching that last night because like I hadn't seen that. You know, when I, whenever I think of the song, I always go back to the tour version. I never think of Kelly Oki version. Yeah. So I was watching it last night and they were ha- – the band, they were having so much fun. Like mm-hmm. an unreal amount of fun that you, you you don't usually see them like vibing this much. Yeah. And I'm like, they're just so happy right now with this performance. Like everyone was grooving. Everyone was just like – it's kind of like they – it's almost as if they were in like a little bar performing this. Uh-huh. And they brought it's out Aben. Like, it's a very bar sound. It's, a, it's a very so, bar such a- song. I guess it's harder when you're on stage, like at a, like in like a theater, and mm-hmm. you have it's just everyone's so spread out. Whereas on the talk show, everyone's obviously a lot closer because there's not as much room. It right. literally felt like they were in like a dive bar, and I was like, "Yes, I want to, I want like a Bud Light right now and just vibe to this." <laughs> <laughs> that's how I felt. Um, they brought out Avon, which I thought was really cool. Yes, um, that's, a, he, that's another reason why that made my list is just I, because I was just so stoked to see Aben as a yeah, part of that. Yeah, and he was doing like, I think like slide guitar or something, I think, mm-hmm. which I was like, that's cool. You don't usually see him doing that. So, um, it was nice and different. So, I, I, oh, it's so good. I love that yeah. song. So um, good. okay. So, my top two are, you know, I, I can kind of interchange them, I guess, but, and they're really, random but my number two is going to be father of mine by everclear and i think that's going to be something i don't know if this is always going to be in my top 10 but right now it definitely stands there it's i think it's a fairly new cover um it's definitely from season two and when when piece by piece came out like the song i actually tweeted something like didn't get any traction because i don't know if anyone knew what, what the hell i was talking about but i literally i remember tweeting like piece by piece is the 2010s version of father of mine because Mm -hmm. you know unfortunately like it speaks to her so much and like i think the reason why i have it so high on my list is if you look at her eyes when she is singing the song like you believe every lyric you know my father gave me a name and then he went away like Mm -hmm. damn that really is literally her childhood and You know, I mean, again, as everyone knows, I'm a big 90s rock fan, so that was an added bonus. But um, it just really, in, it just really got me in the feels, especially in, amidst this whole divorce. It just it was such an emotional song for her to sing, even though it's like an upbeat rock song. So yeah. um, I, I give her a lot of credit for it. And I was really hoping that one day she would cover this, but I always thought it was going to be a little too close to home. Yeah. But apparently not. She she nailed it. Um yeah, so I don't know. It's great. I actually saw Everclear um, back in college. They were pretty good. Yeah, so they were surprisingly yeah. still pretty good. Um, so anyway, yeah, I I really liked it, and I think everyone should check it out. And just really, if you if you watch the performance, listen to the lyrics. Don't just be like, oh yeah, Father of Mine. I love the song. Listen to it mm-hmm. because it'll there will there'll be a lot of parallels between that and piece by piece. Yeah, it's a super deep song yeah. if you if you really dissect it. All right, we're up to our number one favorite Kellyoki songs. Uh, again, I have to preface at least for me that this is as of this taping. Uh, ask me tomorrow, and it's probably going to be totally different. Definitely by you know two weeks from now when a couple of new ones come out. Uh, but my number one song is one that dates back to season one, back when there was still a live audience in the studio, and I think that that has a lot to do with. 
the reasons why this song was so good because just the the crowd and the audience was so into it. Kelly's walking through the crowd. You know, she's really feeling herself and she's singing this really big, empowering song that was absolutely everywhere. She's just got the biggest smile on her face and she is feeling it in every moment. Uh, my number one Kelly Oki song is her cover of Lizzo's Juice. Ooh, interesting choice. Yeah, man, what a I mean, forget about the fact that it's already just a fun song. I think I own like every iteration of this song uh, that Lizzo has put out and I never get sick of hearing this song. And then to hear someone with the vocals of Kelly Clarkson sing this song. I mean, it was just marrying two things that I really, really love. And I just I mean, I have probably listened to this Kelly Oki song more than any other. Uh, I have like a, a audio ripped version of it that plays on my uh, my music library all the time. And I go back and, and rewatch the copy of the video that I have. It's just a fun. It, it's like Kelly full on feeling herself and feeling fun and feeling sassy and confident. Just, you know, makes me smile through, you know, all 90 or so seconds of the song. So, uh, I mean, when I was starting to write my top 10, that was actually the very first song that I wrote and just immediately right next to it, put number one, because it's just so good. Interesting. You know, it's, it's really interesting because I know like you definitely have not mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is weird because be- I feel like I should have, but, you know. This just goes to show where your mind goes when you're when you start thinking of these things. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I think I listened to it once because I can't think of how it sounds. So mm-hmm. I need to go back and watch this because now I'm really curious. Well, and she um, she did she's done a couple of Lizzo songs on the show because um, I know she's done Good as Hell as well. And yeah, that was, I mean, I put that on my uh, on my honorable mention list because she also you know did that really really well. So it was. Uh, um, it was easy to put a Lizzo song on this list. And it just so happened that when I started to kind of rank everything, I mean, that's, that's where it fell. Nice. I, I remember good as hell. I don't remember really her doing juice. My, I have to, I have to go back and again that. early on season one. Yeah. Um, I want to, I mean, if I'm thinking it may have even been in the first few weeks, it could have uh, but for either sure. way, I mean, it's just one of those fun ones where she's wandering through the crowd and everyone is feeling the performance and just all around a uh, great version. Nice. All right. My number one is another one that I'm like, this is my number one right now. Easily could change next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I just couldn't stop watching it when it came out. And it's definitely like not one of her popular ones by any means. And this is um, definitely an example of bringing life to an artist or band that people have not thought of in 20 plus years. So I want to preface with that. It's her cover of Unbelievable by EMF. Wow. Yeah. Really random. (laughs) Really random. Wow. I couldn't stop watching this when it came out. This came out during um, quarantine. I don't remember if she was in Montana or she was back in LA, but it was before she went back into the the, uh, studio. And I think this also is a prime example of what we we were talking about earlier about the band and Jesse specifically, but them really revamping a song. That mm-hmm. makes it sound so different from the original. The first 30 seconds or so of this song is very dark and it's very like um, just 
slower, I moody, moody. I was going to say, I was, yeah. was say grungy, but it's not grungy. Moody. It's not it, grungy. It's not. I mean, I wouldn't even go so far as to say it's emo. It's not. I mean, it's just. It's, it's it's moody. It's moody and it's a little bit darker and just mm-hmm. slower and more intense, which is not the original, but it works so well because then there's just like a like a slight break. And then it explodes into the song that we all know. And again, I'm a sucker for like the 90s pop rock stuff. So it was up my alley. But her vocal was great. And the fact that they just changed the arrangement so much, I was like, holy crap, this is really good. I can't stop listening mm-hmm. to this. Because if she had just done like the original as it is on the album, it, I, I don't think this would have made my top 10 at all. Um, but yeah, it's really random choice. I'm aware. But I like I like that you made the choice though. I mean that's a, it's a bold choice, Thanks. and I think that's what these lists are all about is is making sort of these uh, these tough decisions. Because look, like we said at the top of the show, there's been over 300 Kelly Oki's uh, in the history of this talk show, and we're having to pluck out ten of them and call them you know some of our favorites, and that's a that's a hard task to do because we've gotten so spoiled by having this vocalist in our orbit for, you know, a better part of our lives. And it's easy to become complacent of, you know, just how good she is that sometimes you have to separate Kelly, the vocalist, and you have to appreciate all of the, the sum of all the parts around her. And that's why I just think that this episode of the podcast is as much an appreciation of Kelly as it is an appreciation of uh, uh, my band y'all and specifically Jason and Jesse, because they are the ones who really make these Kellyokis shine and become as memorable as they are. Cause again, remember they're working on the arrangements behind the scenes. Um, Kelly is not, you know, orchestrating all this stuff. She sort of, uh, obviously plays a, a major part in it, but she sort of comes later in the process. And a lot of the reason why, we've talked about some of these songs being so good is the arrangements. And that is a credit to Jason and Jesse because they're the ones who are doing, you know, the real heavy lifting behind the scenes. Yeah. You nailed it. And I'm so excited to see like what they come up with in the future. Like every week when I see like the new list of songs that they're going to be doing, I just, it's all over the place. And that's what I love. Like you really will never predict Mm -hmm. what songs she's going to be doing. Because it could be a song yeah. that came out, you know, three months ago or a song that came out 30 years ago. You have no idea. And mm-hmm. I, it kind of keeps us as fans on our toes. And I like the fact um, along that same point that, you know, again, she is two, almost two full seasons into the show and she's kind of gone through even what the fan base would probably consider to be the uh, the stereotypical and the predictable songs that she would do uh, as a Kellyoki song. And so now we're starting to see in this, I mean, a perfect example of this would be uh, my number seven choice week by XWV. You know, that's a song that I wouldn't have even thought that she would have known knowing, except for the fact that, you know, she was a nineties kid and she, you know, listened to a lot of that kind of music. I would have never thought that, that song would even be considered because I would have literally thought, oh, no, she doesn't know that song. She's not going to cover that song. But we've also seen that she's got really, really smart musicologists in the background of her show 
uh, between, again, Jason, Jesse, and I'll even throw uh, Alex Duda in there as well. Um, you know, there are people who know music and who have, who love it and understand the impact that it has that are bringing these songs. And then on top of that, you have a fan base who are requesting the lion's share of these songs and who are also all very in tune with music, both current and uh, past artists and songs. And so that is the the best thing about this segment on the talk show is that it while it is the same thing every day, it is something so different and it's such appointment viewing. I mean, they're obviously doing something right. If, you know, the, the so many of these things go viral, the artists themselves who are being covered are mentioning them. I, I mean, God, if you look at Twitter, I think the Today Show puts out uh, they tweet out at least one Kellyoki a week, at least. Now, granted, NBC yeah, contractually you know, obligated the production company. <laughs> yeah, the production company behind uh, the show, and you know nothing but Clarkson. But <laughs> still, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's it's sending out these songs to a very wide audience is is part of the reason why this show, the the talk show that is, has become so successful. And you can't discount all of the people behind the scenes that are making this work. It's not just the vocal performance. I mean, it's it's really a big team of people that, uh, again, like we said, the lighting people who are doing a killer job, Alex with the production and Jason and and Jesse behind the scenes with with the the arrangements. I mean, it really is a a wonder of daytime television because there's really never been anything like this in daytime TV. No. So uh, guys, we want to hear what your favorites are, what you thought of our list. Hopefully you like some of them. There's open. <laughs> There's open. We also want to hear are trash. Seriously. I'm like waiting for that being like, why did you choose six 90 songs? I'm like, well, accept me for who I am. Do um, you know Pam at all? Do you know me at all? Um, yeah, we want to hear your choices as well. So you know where to find us, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Miss Into Podcast. Definitely want to hear your choices. And also, like, what songs do you guys wanting her to do? I mean, I know I have a list that's, like, very, very lengthy of songs mm-hmm. I do want her to cover. I'm not going to go ahead and spam uh, the talk show and Jason because <laughs> they don't need that. But I do have a list, guys, if you're listening. Just start um, scheduling tweets, like, every three days. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I thought of another one. Hey, there what about go. this one? Um, yeah. Jeremy, is that it for today? I think that's it. I think we've covered it. Like I said, uh, we would love to hear your uh, recommendations and your ideas for songs. You guys are such an awesome community and we love, uh, especially on Tuesdays when the new episodes come out. I am absolutely, I'm trying to do a morning show here back home, but yet I'm glued to Twitter because the tweets start rolling in at like 6, 7 a.m. from people listening to the shows. And it's just so fun to to see the community kind of light up on Tuesdays. And, you know, we, we love that so much. So by all means, let your voice be heard and uh, let us know what your thoughts are on some of the Kellyokis. And uh, next time you, you know, reach out to Jason or Jesse, give them some props, man, because they definitely deserve just as much credit as Kelly does on these. Amen to that. All right. Until next time, hope you have a great week. We'll we'll talk to you soon. See you guys. Bye. You've been listening to Miss Indie Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. Miss Indie Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. 
Send us your questions and comments to missindypodcast at gmail.com. 